And welcome to episode 109 of McChesney Unchained, coming to you from 6-0 Football Academy today as we're uh, live on Zoom. And make sure that you go down and support all your local teams at the DNVR bar down off of Colfax. Uh, the studio is amazing. The bar is next level and all the Nugget and Avalanche games are on right now. All the Rockies games are going to be on, obviously. Uh, and it's an unbelievably cool atmosphere to go down there, support your local teams and get out of the house, man. I mean, COVID's been terrible, so everybody's back out and and, uh, and running the streets. So make sure you get down to Colfax and support the DNVR bar down there in studio uh, and go watch the uh, the Nugs, the, the Rockies, the Avs, uh, and so much more as we gear up for football season here this year. But this is episode 109, McChesney Unchained, and uh, we have David Harrison on the show today. David is a, a, an ex-buff uh, center and, and back in the Big 12 days and, and uh, played for a while in the National Basketball Association. He'll be joining us later in the show to uh, to talk about all things NBA, uh, the bus college football program, uh, the NCAA tournament and how awesome it was to have it back, the title game. Uh, and then we'll get into the Broncos a little bit because I know uh, Dave is a huge, uh, huge football fan. So we'll talk about that a little bit as well. I'm pretty excited about it. <clears throat> but as always, our good friends at DraftKings bring you uh, McChesney Unchained from uh, from DNBR. And let me tell you, with basketball teams entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs, uh, some teams are locks to make the playoffs while others are fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100 on free bets. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. We'll pick any basketball team to win their next game. And if during, excuse me, and during that game, if uh, if they hit a three, that can bring you $1 uh, or $100 in free bets. That's 100 to one odds on a team of your choosing to hit the three. And uh, they don't even need to win. This year, the teams have been hitting threes in an unprecedented pace. So get in on all the action at DraftKings Sportsbook before this offer ends. DraftKings is safe and secure. It's reliable. It's where all I do all my betting. Uh, Baylor won me about $1,500 the other night. You can withdraw your funds at convenience. Uh, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up and turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team you choose hits a three in the game, which is going to happen. That code is DNVR to turn $1 into $100 in free bets for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And we roll here on episode 109, McChesney Unchained. We're down here at 6-0 Football Academy. I'm in my office. Uh, that good-looking son bitch behind you. That's me and Clatt and Wilder and Bobby Purify. Back in the day, Cafe, uh, from 04, the last time the bus won a bowl game. So that's... That sucks. Way to start the show with that, man. Uh, but let's get into this. My man, David Harrison, joins us. Uh, Dave, welcome to the show, brother. How the hell are you? You're looking good, feeling good. I don't know how you smell over the phone, but I'm sure you're smelling good. And, and we're rolling. DA or uh, DH, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's, it's great to see your face, man. It's been a long time. Um, so right off the bat, how are you? What are you up to these days? I'm uh, Other than good. being seven feet tall and shit. Yeah, uh, that's that's something I can't escape. But I'm doing good. Uh, started um, after sports, I started doing a bunch of finance stuff and um, joined Morgan Stanley for a little bit, and then uh, had a bit of a disagreement 
So uh, I ended up. No way! There. You had a disagreement with someone. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> yeah, we had a bit of a disagreement, uh, but I ended up leaving, uh, kind of just running my own thing. Um, that's the first thing I've kind of learned, you know, having to come into business, you know, the back way from uh, sports to business is it is way easier to do business for yourself than for other people. That is, that's the yeah easiest lesson I could ever learn. Yeah, that is truth, my friend. All right. So let's get out of the real world and back into the sports world here. Uh, Dave was a great uh, center for the bus back in the day uh, in the big 12 days. And, and uh, a pretty dominant big man in the NBA for his time. Tell me about the bus and Tad Boyle and what you saw from them this year and how excited you are for the future, even with the great McKinley Wright going to the NBA. I mean, you've got to be pumped about this program moving forward. Oh, man. Um, I, I've been back a few times. Um, when I was there, uh, when I was there, basketball's program, I mean, we, we literally were the, – the, it was second fiddle to almost everyone else, the football team and the girls' basketball team. <laughs> you know, it was uh, – but now uh, Tad's earned a, a bigger little piece of the pie, and you can tell. I mean, the team's doing amazing. I mean, they're producing way more professional players – um, really high graduation rates. I mean, and then uh, Coach Boyle, he even still reaches out to uh, to us, you know, even though we played under Coach Patton. Um, I mean, he's he's really good coach. Uh, I don't want to throw my coach under the bus, but uh, Coach Boyle might be a little better than Coach Patton. <laughs> yeah, and Coach Boyle's definitely got his shit together up there in Boulder. Uh, talk to me about McKinley Wright. I mean, three-time off-pack 12, leading scorer, leading assists and, and buff history. Just talk to me about his greatness, bro. I mean, I, I don't think we'll see another player like him at CU ever. I mean, we've had guys do it for two or one or two years, but not that long. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially because in the new one and done age, you know, um, you can get one of the hired recruits this year uh, and then lose them the next season to the NBA. Uh, I mean, he came in a good player and he left an even better player. Um, I mean, technically, he could come back next year if he doesn't get drafted. So nah, you got to go, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I would, think would uh, you would you think he would come back? Are you saying are you saying that McKinley Wright could come back to school? I think it's a rule with COVID this year. You could you can pretty much just say, yeah, I want to come back next year. I, I think so. If he a, doesn't like his draft stock and he doesn't hire an agent, McKinley could come back next year. I think so. Uh, Man, not, you, I don't know if that's true or not. We need to check that. Check that. But fact if that's check. true and he comes back, they're going to be fucking nasty, Dave. There's no doubt about that. Oh, they brought in two McDonald's All-Americans. Um, they have, I mean, their team from last year was so solid. Very, very, it, basketball teams are kind of like, like organisms. And like they, they just function so well. Um, and that, that's just a, another nod on Tad Boyle's uh, cap, you know, uh, he, he's he's able to produce a team that can go out there and, and win in many different circumstances. I mean, uh, and McKinley Wright was definitely a huge part of that formulation. All right, so I got to ask you these these two questions. Number one, do you like the move from the Big Twelve to the Pac twelve? You got to like that as a basketball guy, right? Uh I, I don't know. That was because of uh, the rivalry with Kansas. Um, that pretty much drove our entire program. Um, that one of those pictures, of, yeah, yeah. I mean that. I mean, you guys were Nebraska, I and mean, we didn't like Nebraska either. But um, they suck but, at basketball. 
<laughs> yeah, they had, they've never won an NCAA tournament game. I mean, in their entire history program of their school. I mean, it, I'm it's, just saying it's, it's in the fucking middle of Nebraska and shit. Although Creighton is really good, so who knows? Yeah, well, I, I would, now I call them Netflix U because it looks like their symbol is Netflix, and it's more exciting watching <laughs> Netflix in their football program. But uh, I mean, they. Uh, but I mean, yes, that, Dave. That's the best Nebraska <laughs> joke I've ever heard, man. Netflix U. I'd rather watch Netflix than watch this bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, um, it, it's they've they've gone they've gone the opposite direction from where they were. Um, but um, it, it's. Us going to the 12, um, it gives us way different type of basketball exposure. You know, historically, you have the UCLA's, you have Stanford's, you have those Arizona's, like more historical basketball teams in the 12. Um, and also, I think you still have very, very dominant football teams as well. I think it was an overall good move for the school. But uh, as for me, I, I, I enjoyed the, uh, the rough and tough days of the Big 12. That's fair. And then uh, Evan Beatty. I think I look at Evan. Sorry. I look at Evan and I see a left tackle. I do. I see a left tackle. I know he can play college basketball. No one's saying he can't. I'm not saying he's not great. He is. He's awesome. I love watching him play. I also look at him and I'm like, holy hell, this kid can kick step with the best of them. If he's just taught how to do it, he's super long, he's huge. And I'm like, this, this kid could be an unbelievable offensive lineman. I know you love football, so give me your opinion on that. No, uh, I mean, I played football. You, know, you know, my dad played for uh, 10 years NFL. Um, actually, Doc uh, used to weight train my dad. Doc Kreese was my dad's weight coach uh, back in the day. Hail, son. Uh, Hail. We, today, today, we've got a 50, a 54 to 30, 20, 10, 5, 2 and a half. We got an L, a T, and a hero or zero. What you want to be? Want to do. <laughs> and then Doc was, uh, he was trying to talk to me. He was like, you could play tight end. And I was like, I know I could play tight end, but training for both sports at the same time would be next to impossible. Two completely different cardiovascular feats. But uh, Beatty, yeah, I mean, you look at um, – you look at a lot of the tight ends in the NFL, um, they are former basketball players. I mean, tight end position is like the skill sets you have of blocking the physicality, but also having to uh, catch the ball and run routes. That's very, yep. very similar to paint, playing the post. So, um, and with like blocking and stuff, I mean, same thing. But yeah, Beatty, he could be, I think he could be a tight end as well. He's quick. He has really good hands. Um, but offensive line, yeah, if he wants to. I mean, Whoa! there's another one, a kid uh, from Tennessee named Pont. Um, solid, just brick of a guy. And then, um, I mean, he's very physical, very dominant. And then I'm like, dude, play defensive end or tight end. You'll make so much more money. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm surprised that that more basketball players, guys who are stuck between 6'6 six, six and 6'9", six, who play the post aren't doing it. I mean, at 11 for Baylor the other night, I can't remember his name, but that guy's yeah, a brick shit house, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah. Why, I mean, you're telling me he couldn't block somebody's ass? He'll whoop somebody's ass on the offensive line. <laughs> Super athletic, getting all over everybody on the post. I mean, why couldn't he? So let's yeah. go full circle to that. The NCAA tournament was awesome. I was so glad it was back. Just give me your thoughts on the entire tournament and just how awesome it was to watch, even though the bus were out in, in the second round, at least they won a game. And then talk about the Final Four, primarily UCLA-Gonzaga. That was such a great game. 
And then the final was, I like the final personally. I took Baylor and took the money line and did. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Vegas, uh, if Gonzaga would have won, I think Vegas would have went broke. I think everyone voted for Gonzaga to win that last game. But um, my the whole tournament, the best way to describe it is, wow, just all those those lower seeds beating the higher seeds. I mean, the biggest one for me was Illinois. Um, I picked Illinois to win it all because of their composition of their team. And Loyola Chicago went out there and just killed them. Uh, Whipped that ass. Oh, and destroyed draft value. Uh, their center, I think, is like Co- Cockburn. Uh, he was slated to go top 15. Now you he's- mean Farva? <laughs> I said a goddamn leader of cola. <laughs> I mean, he was he was stirred up going for top fifteen. Now he's not even on the board, so um, that was crazy. But yes, the best game of the entire tournament was the UCLA Gonzaga and that Juzang kid. Um, I mean, Cade Cunningham is probably going to be the number one pick. But if you're looking for a determined, gritty score. Juzang proved himself. I mean, that man took that 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 man took a lot to get to where he was from the first four to the final four and to lose on the last second half short a half court shot. I mean, it, it, guys, that was a great game. But yeah, and Baylor, yeah, Baylor came out there. Um, I mean, because when we we're still in school, uh, Baylor had that incident that happened, and I mean, one of their players was physically decapitated. Um, and then their that's coach bad. tried to cover it up. Yeah. That's, that's I, bad. I know. But, but to go from there to a national championship is, is amazing, especially with the same coach they hired right after that incident happened. So, I mean, everyone's talking about how, like, oh, Rick Few and the Gonzaga. I'm like, no, let's focus on the main story here and how they get from – I mean, how do you lose your recruit to that program? He's like, excuse me, sir. I, like, how I, if, if my son is a basketball player and Baylor recruits him, I am going to have a thousand questions about this. Oh, yeah. You know? like, so how is this not going to happen to Mike? Happen business? again. Yeah. So it's like, I just wanted to, like, you have to hand it to that coach, that whole program, just for sticking to it and turning it around. I mean, they, they won a, a women's championship as well uh, for the first time uh, about 10 years ago. So they're, they, they could have been dual champions this year. So, I mean, their, their program as a whole has really, really, really just – been cannon blasted forward uh, i'm shocked to see it personally <laughs> yeah and i was I, I was stunned that they were as good as they were and, and scott drew has really blown that program up uh but the ncaa tournament was amazing i agree with you there the 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 title game was awesome i liked it more because baylor won obviously um but you know let's move away from the the amateurs and go to the pros as uh, the great David Harrison joins us here in episode 109 of McChesney Unchained. Um, D, the Nuggets, the addition of Aaron Gordon, they put it on Detroit the other night. I, uh, I really think that the Nugs have all the potential right now, especially with, especially with the Lakers being banged up and not playing yeah. well. I think they have the ability to win the West. I really do. And, you know, I've got it written down here in my notes, Lakers and Nets in the finals, yada, yada. I think Philly will have something to say about that. Um, Look, are the Nuggets – are the Nuggets for real in your eyes? The addition of Aaron Gordon, how does that elevate them defensively in your eyes? And then talk to me about Nikola Jokic because I think he's my favorite big man ever. And I I love Shaq. 
And I, you know, I, I love like Ben Wallace and guys like that, but Nicola can do literally everything and he does it damn near every night. And now he's turning into a bona fide leader of men uh, on that basketball team. So just talk about the nugs and their fruition to this, to this level that they're at right now. I mean, last year they had a great run. Um, I mean, that they was put so it fun to watch, man. Oh yeah. I mean that bubble, those bu bubble basketball was amazing, you know, uh, and then when you add a player like Gordon, I mean, you're just adding another dimension. I mean, Gordon is super athletic, very, very talented on both ends of the court. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the West is hard, though. Man, that road to the final, you got to go through some monsters, no matter where you lay it. Uh, the eighth seed in the West could be a top four seed in the East. You know, I mean, it is, it is, it is a hard road to the finals in the West. Get it past the Clippers. That's hard enough. Then you got the Lakers. Then you have Portland. Then you have the the Mavericks. I mean, I mean, Luka Doncic is 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 is, is very similar to uh, to Joker, in my opinion, and how he leads and how he everything goes through him to help their team win. You know, it's great to see a center out there doing good like that. I mean, uh, I, I'm a, I was a one of my favorite uh, Hank Williams Jr. songs is called Dinosaur. And I was a dinosaur. You know, I was like big man, you know, low post guy all my way out. And now I'm looking at the league and it's like, wow, like they ain't no more of me. And you know what I mean? I out there no more. <laughs> no, no uh, guys who can just board and play D like, hey, give me the ball. I'm two feet away. <laughs> no, 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 versatility no. is a massive, a massive addition in the NBA these days. Guys are more versatile than they've ever been. Is Nikola Jokic the best big man from a scoring, rebounding, passing, defense, and leadership perspective you've seen in the last 20 years? Would you say all of those together, and the key is the only reason why I'm not going to get it to Joel Embiid is the leadership aspect of it. Uh, Joker has been able to pull that team together at a very young age and do things that I felt Embiid should have been doing for a couple seasons now. But between the two, Joel Embiid, he he's my favorite big. He does. I look at him and I'm like, man, I wish I could do those things. <laughs> like, yeah, he was he was whipping ass the other night. I, I don't yeah. even know who they were playing, but he was dominating. There's no doubt about that. All right, so look, I I, I think Jokic has the potential to be maybe the best big man ever if they can figure out a win to, how to win a title in Denver. And honestly, I think that they're knocking on the door this year with the addition of Aaron Gordon. Um, if Will Barton could ever like make an easy shot, that would probably help as well. I, mean, I keep betting on DraftKings. I keep betting on DraftKings that Jokic is going to get a triple double. He was one damn assist away the other night, uh, and then they took him out with like twelve minutes left in the game, and I was just screaming at the TV. And Will Barton had a chance to score. He dropped a dime like an Elway pass over the shoulder in the lane. He missed the fucking layup. And then last <laughs> night he was two rebounds short of the triple double. So I got I got butchered on that one too. Uh, but it, it is what it is. Um, I know. I know. Adam is is uh, our producer is a, the, a massive Nuggets guy, and, and obvi obviously the the authority on the the Denver Nuggets in this town. But man, if we could figure out a way to get a triple double like one of these nights, that would be awesome because I'm going to definitely take that number up DraftKings. That's the funny thing to me. Like I'd see you, I had two triple doubles all with blocks. I don't think I had to assist <laughs> the entire night. Like I, I did not. I, I'm blocked. not passing like, this shit. You throw it I, in the I, post, it's hard it's enough mine. to get it. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> enough to get it in the post. I'm not giving this one back. But oh like, man, 
But now here, awesome. like you said, with Joker's numbers, I mean, he's out there doing this with assists and stuff, handling the ball further away from the basket. I mean, these are all skills we all worked on. But, you know, back in the day, you were yelled at if you shot the ball outside the paint if you're that size, you know? Uh, I, I, li- I like the evolution of basketball from, from, from where it was to where it is. I like the three ball. I like that aspect. But having a dominant big man, I think players like Joker, players like Embiid, players like Carl Anthony Town, they're going to kind of prove the model of you still need bigs. I agree with that wholeheartedly. All right, so talking about big people, let's transition to the Denver Broncos. Your father played in the NFL for 10 years. Uh, Obviously, we were at CU at the same time, so you watched us kick a lot of ass. And I I know that you have a strong opinion on football and also an educated one, so let's get into this. Uh, The Broncos have nine. I'm of the mindset that if Micah Parsons there, then maybe he's the pick. But I I like Penny Sewell from Oregon. I think he's the right tackle. He's the best offensive lineman in the draft. I think he's going to follow that spot. And all I keep hearing about is the problem at right tackle. I mean, it's over and over and over again, other than quarterback, of course, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, I I would take the lineman and just lock down the, the offensive line. And then it's a real asset, in my opinion, especially putting him at right tackle. He's a monster of a human being anyway where would you go in the draft bro would you take a quarterback would you take parsons i mean you tell me so uh, the most surprising thing i've seen on this draft is how low Devonte smith has gone mm. um if he's available i take him best available best talent uh, man i've seen him in, i've seen you him, might him be able to get, you might be able to get him at 40 Uh, that's the thing when you look at the way that guy runs his gait you give him the ball with space he's going to get you something and that's back-to-back alabama receivers in the first round uh i mean uh i think bronco fans are going to go fucking crazy if that happens dog (laughs) (laughs) oh I mean, honestly, I think that team is stacked. I think their defense is amazing. Uh, I wish they would have kept Philip Lindsay. I do not understand. I do not get it. You have a low bonehead, kid bonehead who, fucking move of the year, bro. That's up. That's so dumb. I I yeah. think it's the dumbest thing they could have possibly done. Yeah, you have a local kid who wants to be there, undrafted pro bowler. You know, like I I, I don't understand that, but it's not my team. So they can hey, look do at this. They want. Look at this. This is from Phil. It says 2018 undrafted to the Pro Bowl. Phil Lindsay, number 30. Perfect. That's like one yeah. of the coolest gifts I ever got, bro. Thank you, Phil. Yeah. No, I mean, amazing player, amazing talent. And uh, I mean, thing about Phil is, I mean, he he's like uh one of my friends said he's like uh, if you left uh uh the guy from Seattle, Marshawn Lynch in the dryer too long. That, that's Phil Lindsay. You know, same <laughs> running style, just a little smaller. Like you're just rolling him out. Phil Lindsay's the kind of – Phil Lindsay looks like if you let Marshawn Lynch in the dryer for too long. Yeah, just a little too long. But, like – Just shrunk up with frizzy hair. Frizzy hair. <laughs> but, also, I mean, the way he runs. I mean, uh, Phil yeah. Lindsay could have a choice to cut left or right. He's going to cut to where he makes contact. You know, I yeah. love players like that. Um, I do, too. And he um, never fumbles. And we, we've got Melvin Gordon here, and he fucking fumbles like he plays for the other team. Here, take the ball. <laughs> well, maybe Phil – maybe that's – maybe Phil should start fumbling. <laughs> fumble, and then you can stay here. Hey, if you're good, you're out. <laughs> That'll uh, teach okay. him so not look, to fumble. 
What do you think about these the the four quarterbacks going one, two, three, and four? Lawrence going to Jacksonville, Zach Wilson going to my Jets. It seems like Mac Jones is going to go three to San Francisco, and then Atlanta may trade the pick, but Trey Lance is probably going to hit four at 19 years old from North Dakota State. So uh, do you? Uh, it's never happened. They've never gone one, two, three, four quarterbacks in the, in the draft. I mean, shit, man. <sighs> I understand with the salary cap the way it is and no more bonus babies, you can take more chances, but damn, I mean, just all quarterbacks all the time. When you just look at the history of the quarterback, you know, um, you're getting Russell Wilson's, you're getting Dax, you're getting even Mahomes, uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, late first round pick, you know, um, I mean, Dak and, and Wilson were thirds, thirds. and fit, yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, you just, just, you're getting good quality players in that position later on. I would, in my opinion, I would go after a skill player or like you said, an offensive lineman um, just simply because of the fail rate and the talent that's already in, in the, in, in the system that hasn't been able to be utilized. You know, you have a lot of, you know, quality high picks that haven't had a chance to play that are you know going to be free agents, especially because of salary cap. Um, that's where I would look to find that talent because uh, if you look at what happened with the with the Colts, you know they brought in a quality veteran quarterback and they made a great run to the playoffs. Um, if you build a team and you get a quarterback that's smart that can utilize those tools, um, that's the goal. Uh, your team's going to be there after if that quarterback gets hurt or if he retires, like in the case of the Colts, but. So you're more would, team, you're more team than guy rather than yeah. get the guy and build in, in, in football in football because there's so many moving parts. Uh, well, I mean, in look, basketball, look at Tampa, you, Bay. Tampa Bay had Jameis Winston. He went 35 and 35, 35 touchdowns, 35 picks in one year. Yeah. And Ryan Jensen, who's been done to family forever, is their starting center. Just want to ring with them, and he's saying the the difference between that team and the team that just won the Super Bowl is one dude, and that's yep. Tom. Yep. So it, it's a mindset. I, I agree that you have to build your team too. But I, I, I'll challenge you on this. I don't think you can win without a, a good, consistent quarterback under center. So if you have the ability to go get him high, my only problem is the fail rate, like you said, yeah. for first-round quarterbacks is like five to one. It's like five busts to every guy who just plays well. I'm not even talking about like Hall of Fame and Super Bowls and shit. I'm talking about like playing for 10, 12 years and actually having your shit together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I think you can find a, a talent. I, you look at uh, when the Ravens won it with um, uh, – Trent Dilfer? Exactly. Um, well, they kind of had the best defense ever at the same time, though. Come on. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. You build your team, and from there, you, you plug and play. Dilfer Great offensive line, too. Jonathan Ogden, Ray Lewis. Yep. They got both of them in the first round in the same fucking draft. That's what I'm saying. So, it's like you, you – his job was not throw turnovers and hand the ball off. You know what I mean? Like, if you can get those types of players, um, it's just, you know, building and – building those tools and those pieces around it. Like I said, in, in football, it's all about the team. In basketball, you just need one really, 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 really good player. 
Um, and from there, you can build throwing in one more and you have a championship, essentially. You know, you can't do that in football. There's way too many moving parts. You can have an amazing quarterback, no wide receivers. You can have good wide receivers, no quarterback, no offensive line. Like, there's just so many moving parts. The, the, the quarterback is the centerpiece, but it, it's almost like your queen in chest. You can lose it and still win. Wow, that, that's you are spitting fire today, Dave Harrison. Uh, the, the great Dave Harrison joins us here on episode 109 of McChesney Unchained, brought to you by our good friends at DraftKings. All right, DH, last question for you. And then I, I don't know how you're going to answer this shit, but last, last question Jordan or LeBron? And you can't give me the runaround fucking NBA answer. You got to give me an answer. Pick one. I'm literally hands down between those two choices. Uh, Michael Jordan is better than LeBron, and Michael Jordan is the second greatest player to ever play the game. So who's um, one? Kobe Bryant. Uh, oh, I like it. See, now, okay, I'm with that. So Kobe's uh, one, Michael's two, LeBron's three? Yes. Uh, LeBron's been at the playoff. LeBron's been in the finals ten times. He's won four. It's a lot, but that's 40%. You know, uh, Jordan was 100%, but Jordan played in a NBA where no one had his physical skill set. Um, he was a, he was a, he was a, he, he was a specimen. He was one of the first NBA players to work out the way he did. He no, no one has LeBron's skill set. But there are people that have been training in like institutions like yours and all the other things for their whole lives now. So you're having these players that are way more athletic. Um, Kobe came in by the beginning and the peak of that, and he ran through a lot of good players, um, played with a lot of good players. And uh, in my opinion, the way he, he approached the game, I liked a tad bit better than Michael. And both were miserable teammates, apparently. But at the same time... The lead, uh, leaders are usually miserable, bro. Yeah. No one, exactly. no one likes being told that they need to pick this shit up. Exactly. You know, uh, but at the same time, I feel that um, if, if Kobe didn't pass last year, I may be throwing him two or one, but I, I may be still a bit hurt over that. And honestly, I I literally I was in New York. I'm, I'm in Chinatown. I'm on a project. And I get this news. I'm literally walking around Chinatown like a zombie. Just scaring the crap out of people, probably. I mean, I, I was in I was in the gym. I was in the gym just hanging out, and the news came across, and I like started bawling, bro. Like that's it was it was awful. It was one yeah. of the worst days to be a sports fan ever. So yeah, there's no doubt about that. All right, D. Thank you very much for coming on the show, episode 109. The great David Harrison joining us, uh, McChesney Unchained. Dave, thank you so much. Have yourself a wonderful afternoon. Nothing but blessings, brother. Thank you very much. You too as well. Thanks for having me on. You know it, homeboy. Have a good day. You too. Great to have David Harrison on the show here today on episode 109 of McChesney Unchained. And I just wanted to talk to you about our neighbors over here at Six Year Old Football Academy, uh, Maven and Hemp. And they've uh, they've they partnered up with your, us here at Six Zero. If you go to mavenhemp.com. And use the promo code 60SIXZERO. It'll give you 10% off all the product you buy there. Uh, and it's an unbelievable CBD based company that has helped me a ton with my anxiety and pain, and stress and sleep, and so much more from the muscle rubs, the 500 milligram uh, muscle rubs to the, to the tinctures, to the pills uh, that they have over there. It's next level, there's no doubt about that. 
Uh, and from a post-workout ritual standpoint, the Dudgeon family and I have been crushing these sessions over here and, and Maven has helped us recover uh, and also perform as, as I apply the, the rubs beforehand and, and take the, the tinctures and the CBD pills afterwards. Um, it, they're scientifically innovated in Israel, uh, and from Israel to Colorado, and it, it drives a very high quality uh, hemp-based CBD product into the, the hands of the athletes here at Six Zero, and it, it can help so many people out there that struggle uh, with with rehab and 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 taking care of yourself and recovery and things of that nature, if, especially if you're uh, an athlete out there. So don't waste any more time. Uh, go to mavenhemp.com, like I said, and learn about their incredible CBD products and use the promo code six zero. That's S I X C R O at checkout, and it'll get you ten percent off the discount. Ten uh, percent off discount on every single purchase. So. Uh, check out Maven Hemp, and then they're at Maven Hemp on Twitter and Instagram, and they're a great partner here of, uh, of Six Zero Football Academy and McChesney Unchained here on DNBR. All right, so let's roll here. Thank you to, to David Harrison for all uh, the time he spent today on episode 109 of McChesney Unchained. Uh, remember that we're, we are down here at Six Zero Football Academy as we wrap up today's show and talk about the Denver Broncos and whatnot and give you some of my opinions. Check out 60academy.com. It's the past. It's been 60strength.com. We've rebranded to Six Zero Academy as it is a football academy. So check that out. Also at Six Zero Academy on Twitter and Instagram. We've helped a ton of kids down here uh, from the COO, uh, Travis Jones' son, Connor, who's going to Michigan to you know, the gray shirts that are still looking for opportunities to the new kids that are walking in on a daily basis. Um, it, we are in the, 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 the business of building bridges. And boy, do we have some, uh, some good things on deck in May. And I'll be excited to uh, talk to you about that next week on episode 110 of McChesney Unchained. We've got a really, really awesome football camp coming here uh, from out of state to, to help shine an even brighter light on, uh, on the, the box state and the mile high state. So uh, let's roll here as we continue here and talk some football after we wrap up all the basketball banter with David Harrison. Thank you again to him for coming on the show. Um, look, man, David saying that hey, we should take Devontae Smith at number nine is fucking nuts. Absolutely not. Do not do not do that. We got Jerry Judy at 15 last year from Alabama. I think Devontae Smith is a hell of a talent, but I don't want him at nine. I, I'm a, I'm really big on this Penny Sewell move. I think if that kid's there at nine and you don't take him and then they continue to bitch about Jawan James soft ass playing right tackle and should we move Reisner and yada, yada, yada. If you're not going to take Sewell, I've got your key to success at right tackle. And his name is Quinn Bailey. Quinn is undrafted from Arizona State. I work with him all the time in here at 6-0. He was in here this morning with Sam Jones. He plays for the Colts. Um and I, I think Quinn has a lot of potential. Not only is he a mauler and he's big and he's physical, he can play multiple positions. But when you give a guy like that an opportunity to go earn it and play well, they usually do. I mean, Elijah Wilkinson just signed with the Bears, and I'm not saying he was the best right tackle, but it's fucking better than Jawan James. So, I mean, Elijah played his ass off here. and he was He's a guy who was spited in his career. So, I think that giving that kid an opportunity, Quinn Bailey, I think that would be huge if they don't go with Sewell. Um, but it, I understand that Jawan's going to be on the roster next year regardless because of his cap number. But on principle alone, from, 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 George, from George Payton's uh, uh, desk to, to Vic Fangio's desk to, uh, to the offensive line coach's desk, Munchak, I, there's absolutely no way I would bring that guy back. 
not a shot in hell. The locker room doesn't respect him. Garrett Bowles t- said last year he's got a lot to prove to a lot of guys. I'm sure he's working hard and all that shit, but I just – I wouldn't bring him back and I would eat whatever cap number we got to fucking eat. Just eat it. Eat the shit. You sign the player, eat the shit. And you knew this was going to happen. I mean, Billy Turner sat in my gym right when they signed Juwan James, when they didn't sign Billy and he ended up going to Green Bay for three years, 38 million or whatever. And he said to me, he doesn't even like football. And I know, I know he doesn't like football. He's got to be a hundred percent to play number one. And then the first opportunity he got to opt out, he took. So that's two years where he's essentially opting out. Look, you're never going to feel good. You're never 100%. It's never going to be right for you physically in the NFL. You better get tough or get the fuck out. NFL means not for long. I mean, I literally had to have my my college doctor, Eric McCarty, who, who is a great man up at CU Boulder, is the only one that ever told me the truth. He had to look at me in the face and go, Matt, you can't play anymore, man. You're going to be in a wheelchair. Stop. And I was like, okay, fuck. I guess I'll stop now. But until then, I was playing it to the bone, and that's the only way I know how to do it. So I, I'd really like to solve the right tackle problem, and you're not going to solve the quarterback problem at nine. Those guys are going one, two, three, four, unless you're reaching for Kyle Trask or something like that. I wouldn't mind taking Trask at 40. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes late in the first round either because there's going to be such a run on, on cues. So, I, again, Drew Locke seems like he's going to be the guy here. And I. Uh, I'm just going to take this opportunity to rant a little bit. So this is the rant. The rant is very, very simple. It's not fucking about Drew Locke. Okay? I sit here with my boy TJ Patterson, who's our quarterback coach down here at Six Zero. We were in the lab this morning watching film of Denver, Atlanta. And we are talking about how awful Drew is at his first reads, and he always looks off of them, and he never completes easy easy throws. He's always looking for the home run, yada, yada, yada. And then it, I, it, it hit me, and it hit TJ, and we started talking about Pat Schumer. And we talked about Pat a lot on this show. And personally, if they don't run the ball 60 65% of the time next year, even with Melvin Gordon's fumbling ass, they're going to fail because they're putting too much on Drew Locke, and that's not Drew's fault. It's Pat's fault. He's the coach. If your guys don't know what they're doing, like, for example, when I talk to kids here and I'm like, what's an over front? What's an under front? What's even? What's odd? What's 11? What's 12? Yada, yada. And we're talking football. If they don't know, yeah, it's aggravating that they didn't study. But I have to look at myself and go, are we in the film room enough? Are we on the board enough? Do we need to do more to make sure they know? The answer is yes. You can always do more. I don't think Pat Schumer is actually invested in Drew Locke's development. I think he just says he is. And that sucks, man, because Drew Locke has amazing talent. That guy can fucking rope it. I'm not saying he's a bad teammate or leader. I don't know. Dalton Reisner speaks very highly of him, and I, I respect the fuck out of Dalton. He's a guy. He's been in this gym for a very, very long time. His game ball's right out there on top of the refrigerator. Pick number 41. So... I think that Drew has a ton of potential. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes quarterback rehab somewhere for a year or two under a coach that actually fucking teaches him protections and how to slide protect off of an under front and a ray call, what a squeeze gap is, how to read the mesh point of the robber defender, how to throw hot routes, how to change shit up the line of scrimmage. We were literally watching Atlanta, like I said, and Atlanta's bringing the same zone blitz concept at them the whole game, and it must have hit Drew in the mouth four times. The very next week in Las Vegas, the Raiders ran the same shit 
and they turned the ball over four times. And he got his ass beat. The offensive line looked like they were chasing ghosts the whole game because they put everything on Cushenberry, who's a rookie. He has to make all the protection calls. The quarterback doesn't know what he's looking at. Therefore, you can't adjust. Therefore, you can't throw hot. Therefore, you can't run in, into small boxes and man counts that are in your favor. I don't understand why it's so hard to teach the guy what over fronts are and squeeze gaps and all that shit, other than just pure fucking laziness from Schumer, which I think he is. There's a reason he's been an offensive coordinator for every single fucking team in the history of the NFL since he walked in the door. I mean, I, I don't understand the hire other than Vic Fangio sucking up his boy. And I wouldn't be surprised if both of them are gone and everybody still blames it on Drew Locke. Look, Paxton Lynch was a bust. No one's sitting here saying he wasn't. But Paxton Lynch was a bust because the fucking Broncos didn't develop him mentally. They didn't get him in the room in the interview and develop him mentally and see if he could do it. They didn't put him on the board in the meeting room. They didn't put pressure on him in that regard. They didn't help him. They were just like, hey, Paxton, welcome to Denver. Figure it out, bro. John Elway did. What the fuck? You can't. Peyton Manning figured it out. You can't. Peyton Manning's the smartest football player in the history of football players. Tom Brady's 1A. That means they're equal. They're same, same, but different. So, I don't think it's on fucking Drew Locke anymore. I think it's on the coaching staff and Pat Schumer. And the fact that they haven't figured this out yet is why I'm ranting about this. It's driving me up a fucking wall. I hear all these guys on, you know, on, on every radio station in town, from Altitude to the fan, even on DNVR, I hear it all the time, well, Drew Locke's got to pick it up. Yeah, no shit. No shit Drew Locke has to pick it up. But it's not on Drew. It's a knowledge-based game. And if your offensive coordinator, who's been in the league for 35 fucking years, offensive coordinating, and your quarterback coach, God knows even, I don't even know who it is, who gives a shit, they can't get in a room and teach Drew this shit, and I can see it on film, and I'm just some fucking meathead? That ain't good, man. There's a football's language, and you can either speak it and translate it to everybody else, or you can speak it and get frustrated with everyone else because they don't understand your terminology. If you can't figure out a way to change the term and keep the scheme the same, if you can't teach squeeze gaps and hot routes and stacks and repoints, re if, if Drew Locke, like, I, I, I would wish somebody at Dove Valley or UC Health, whatever the fuck they call that place these days, are changing the name of everything. I wish somebody down there would ask them, like, hey, Drew, um, what does Mike mean? The Mike point. And I know it's a novice question, but 95% of idiots out there will be like, oh, it's the middle of the defense. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God, I can't believe people still believe this shit. I heard Susan Lammy on the fan earlier this morning talking about Mike Points and the middle of the defense is not that difficult. Mike Point doesn't mean middle of the defense. It means most dangerous second-level defender. The uncovered offensive lineman in the offensive line is responsible for that cat. If it's Edmonds from Pittsburgh who's stacked and he's going to blitz, well, that's the fucking Mike. If it's the Mike linebacker in Kansas City, well, then that's the Mike. But we have to determine that and we have to know what we're actually talking about. Otherwise, you're just full of shit. And I can't handle the Broncos losing because they're stupid anymore. I can handle them getting their ass beat because they're not any good. But that's not the case. They have fucking talent falling out of the rafters at, at UC Health. They got dudes everywhere. The defense is loaded. Will Vic Fangio ever put Vaughn and Chubb on the same side and let them play and let Chubb play three technique and let Vaughn play five and then overload the other side so they have to Mike point out there. Stack a nickel so he has to point the fucking stack. 
And then they're one-on-one in an underfront, and they can pass rush. Ever? Is it ever going to happen? I don't know. They can run games out of that, too. There's a bunch of tricky shit that can happen. Shelby Harris, are they going to isolate him? Are they going to find ways to isolate their best players, or are they just signing a bunch of guys that can sit back, play cover four, rally and tackle? It's second and three. That's not what I'm looking for, man. The Broncos need to be up. They've got to score more than 17 points a game, or we're fucked. And if they're not up, we're going to have to play the run the whole game, and Vaughn loves that shit. And obviously, George, the new GM, thinks that they got talent because they keep re-upping everybody, and they do. Simmons is legit. Vaughn is legit. Chubb's legit. Shelby's a fucking stud. The one thing that does make me scratch my head still to the day is is getting rid of Phil Lindsay, but I, I get it from a business perspective. They bring in Mike Boone. He's great on special teams. He's a good third down back, and they want to feed Melvin Gordon. That's good. I guess they think Freeman is better than Phil because you still need another back. And I hope Phil goes to Houston and goes for 1,800. And look, you can talk shit about how bad Houston is, but if Deshaun Watson and old, old rub and tug down there in Houston doesn't get traded, they're going to be pretty fucking good, man. They just got rid of all the dead weight. I'm not saying J.J. Watt's dead weight. I'm saying he's past his prime. He's done. He's fighting with the head coach and shit. He's got to go. He went to Arizona. He's a great player. He's the first down Hall of Famer. Bill O'Brien was the dead weight. I'm sure everybody thought I was talking about J.J. You're just a football idiot at that point. Why would I criticize him? He's a stud. They got rid of Bill O'Brien. They got rid of the GM. I mean, Deshaun might just want to shut the fuck up and ride the train and see where it takes him. The guys who got rid of Deshaun or Hopkins for fucking David Johnson, he gone. So I guess my point is this. I can sit here and rant about players all I want. But as a coach, I know damn well it's on me to develop them, to find out what makes them tick, to find out if they're smart or not. And then we can either criticize it and call them stupid or we can teach them. And then if they don't study, then, yeah, they are fucking dumb. But if you give them the information and they utilize it, well, then maybe they can handle it instead of just thinking, oh, he can't handle that. How do you know? Throw his ass in the fire and see if he can. The fact that Drew Locke isn't walking up to the line of scrimmage and making alerts and doing everything that I see the top quarterbacks in football doing on a regular basis on film, the fact that I don't see that tells me that they don't believe in him mentally. And if they don't believe in him mentally, why the fuck would he believe in him? He's just sitting there like, well, the coaches don't even give me any control over the offense they say I run. So I guess they don't believe in me, which means I might as well just be the fucking backup somewhere else and go somewhere else and play. Go play for a guy who can actually develop a quarterback. John Elway didn't need development. He's John fucking Elway. Peyton Manning damn sure didn't need development. He got here when he was already a first ballot Hall of Famer and just added on to his career. Name me another quarterback in Bronco history other than Jake Plummer, who also didn't need development, who came here and developed into a great player. I'll wait. And I hope I'm wrong, but I I don't fucking see very many of them. I see a bunch of guys who want to leave. Brock couldn't wait to get the fuck out of here. Paxton Lynch couldn't wait to get the fuck out of here. They didn't do shit for that kid other than criticize him and blame everything on his ass. And yeah, he sucked and all that shit, but they didn't help him either. Drew Locke's going down the same road. Trevor Simeon was good for about six weeks, and then he fell off a fucking cliff. Tommy Maddox. (laughs) 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 Fucking hilarious. So, I guess it is what it is. Uh, And the rant is over.
So just like they, they say in Full Metal Jacket, your days of finger banging Mary Jane Rotten Crotch through her pretty pink panties are over. So let me tell you about our good friends at Friction Labs. Friction Labs and that secret stuff, that chalk frame that you see all over my hands every time I lift. I'll have it on there tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Uh, they bring us our football rant here at the end of the show. It kills COVID. It's antibacterial. That's why we have it. It is. It's awesome. It's 80% alcohol. So in, in the time of pandemics, if you're in the gym, you definitely need yourself some Friction Lab secret stuff, chalk cream. Uh, the Dungeon family loses, uses it and loves it. The Friction Labs uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram is at Friction Labs. And if you get onto FrictionLabs.com and type in the code 60STRENGTH, S-I-X-Z-E-R-O, STRENGTH, it'll give you 15% off your purchase and they'll ship it straight to your house. So check out our good friends at Friction Labs. They're teamed up with us here at Six Zero Football Academy and on McChesney Unchained as well. That is episode 109. It is a wrap. McChesney Unchained rolls. Big thanks to my man David Harrison for coming on the show and talking busts and NBA and so much more. Huge thanks to my man, my man Adam back at home uh, uh, producing the show. And yes, sir, the Nuggets are badass, and I agree with you, and I think they are going to win the title. And when they do, I'm going to tackle you in the street. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Adam, you, you're there, right? You there? I'm here. All right. So, is Nikola Jokic the best big man ever? <laughs> Not ever. From a, from a talent standpoint. Uh, it's weird how you define talent or skill or whatever. I mean, he's so versatile. He's one of the most versatile offensive. I think he's easily the most versatile offensive uh, center we've seen. But I can't give him best ever, man. There's been too many great, great centers. He's the best right now, though, and I think there's no question about that. And Adam, how do they follow you on social media to get all this Nuggets news? I'm at Adam underscore Marez, M-A-R-E-S. There it is. All right, so make sure you give my man Adam a, a follow there. Uh, for all your nuggets and basketball news, he's the guy that I go to. He's the authority on that. Hey, thank you so much for uh, for doing the show today uh, and producing your ass off. Episode 109 is a fucking wrap. I'll talk to you guys next week on 110.